0: that's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Acast recommends podcasts we love. I'm Louise McSharry, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Catch Up with Louise McSharry. Each Friday, I'll do my best to catch you up on the week's news and culture from the lowest of brows to the relatively high. With the help of experts and relevant guests, I'll take you through the week's events, and I'll be armed with recommendations too for books, telly, and anything else that's impressed me. Check out Catch Up with Louise McSharry wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST is home to the world's best podcasts, including In the News from the Irish Times, Irish History Podcast, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome to the Miracles Happen Fertility Podcast, where it's all about using the power of your mind to create hope, health, and miracles on your fertility journey, And now your host, a dash of science and a heap of spirit, Dr. Maria Rothenberger. Hello, welcome to the Miracles Happen Fertility Podcast. This is Maria Rothenberger, your host for the podcast. Welcome to episode 115, Accepting the Possibility of a Life Without Children. I love this topic. And it is coming to you actually by request from somebody who had filled out a feedback questionnaire that I had done or I had sent out a long time ago. So if you are listening to this, I uh, apologize for how long it's taken me to get to this topic, but it's so important. So this person wrote, I would love a podcast on how to accept the possibility of a life without children. After seven years of trying, we are close to the end of our journey, and it is so freaking scary to be in this situation. Life just seems so meaningless, predictable, and infinite if it will be status quo until the end of my days. I could really use your thoughts and some tools on how to cope with that. Thanks for a great podcast. You've really helped me through so many hard times during the journey. And this is from Denmark. So, all right, this is a fantastic topic and I cannot wait to get into it. Well, I can because I'm going to make some announcements. (laughs) So first that, and then I will absolutely be touching on this topic. I think it's really important. And the first thing, actually, I'm going to say off the bat, I absolutely love two words that you used in this question acceptance and possibility. Okay. We're going to touch on that. I do have a different point of view around child-free living than what you might see outside of my little miracles happen world. And I'm going to remind you that some of the things that I talk about, you, well, anytime that you hear anything from anybody, you have to really tune into what feels right to you. So if some of the things that I talk about are like, nah, I'm not sure about that, gently disregard it and hold on to the things that make sense to you or that feel right to you. Most importantly, feel right to you. But there's a balance between those two. Okay. So announcements, first of all, um, as you know, I am beginning a intuitive spirit baby training Foundations training in August of 2021. This is June of 2021, June 10th to be specific. And um, I, if you have ever been someone who knows that you have, you know what they call a sixth sense. I'm doing air quotes here. Uh, everybody has this. It's just about tuning into it. And um, obviously, I work specifically with spirit babies you are going to learn a whole host of stuff in this eight-week training series. It is absolutely foundational. So if you have foundational information around spirit baby training, you want to seek a more advanced course. This is for absolute beginners. So we're talking about definitions around what clairvoyance is, what audience is. We're going to teach you how to tune into that. We're going to be talking about different fun tools that you can use. I actually, <laughs> I actually, um, for my birthday, my sister and her partner bought me a crystal set with a couple of pendulums in there. And I demonstrated how to use the pendulum in front of my mom, who was like, that's weird. <laughs> My mom is not into this shit at all. She's she's very grounded, very, you know, she's very religious. Um, and so even seeing like crystals and pendulums and shit, she's like, oh my god, is this of the devil or something, you know? So anyway, I thought it was entertaining. And then I got sciency. I was like, mom, look, the pendulum is just reading my body energy. It's okay. You know, it's not like some kooky crazy thing, okay? Just settle down. <laughs> Those are the kinds of ways that I teach, by the way, as if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know this. So if this is your first time here, welcome. I tend to have um, a uh, very sciencey nature. I love evidence. I love looking at research. I love all that stuff. And I'm very in tune to the things that are not measurable, that are not sciencey things that are a little bit Beyond comprehension at this point, even for scientists, right? Even for like quantum physicists, we're like, I don't know, this is happening, but we don't know why. I love that stuff, and so you'll see me marrying the two because I think that we are on the brink of marrying science and and spirituality. I do feel that, so I am very much both. So you'll in this training find both. You'll hear me talk about this pendulum. And if you don't know what a pendulum is, it's just really like a heavy object on the end of a chain. You can, or the end of a string even, but this is specifically made of crystal. So you'll hear me talking about, Ooh, this is how you use it. And this is your yes. And this is your no as you're swinging it. And it's like, Whoa, that's so bizarre, but actually it's not. It's based on vibration. And we will be talking about how that works cuz vibration is measurable right so i get very practical and sciency and i get very um i don't think people say woo woo anymore but i get very spiritual about things too so being able to tune into energy and the spirit side of things i think is really important and then finding evidence for whether things are effective or not i think is very useful so we're going to be talking about all kinds of spiritual things from a sciency perspective you're going to be learning all kinds of things. And it's going to be fun. Not only are you going to learn stuff, you're going to be able to practice with me and your fellow learners. So we're going to have group sessions. We're going to have individual sessions. This is over an eight week period of time. And it's going to be um, from August into September, likely on Saturdays and likely in the afternoon uh, on the Pacific uh, Pacific time zone because I definitely want to invite those on the other side of the world that I know are just waking up in the morning when it's our afternoon so um, definitely wanting to invite you all to do that too now I do intend for this uh, this group to be small like to be intimate. I don't want a ton of people, so that way you get a lot of individual attention. This is also the first run of the course, which means a deep discount so that I can get your feedback. If you have not signed up for the list for information my email list for information. Just go to slash spirit baby training and you can sign up there for information. I will be sending out, I'm creating emails now to send out over the next few weeks so that you get much more information in terms of what's involved with this course, including pricing and things, right? Because that's really important. All right. Um, okay. That's the big announcement. Oh, also, uh, if you have not signed up for the membership, Spirit Baby, excuse me, uh, Miracles Happen membership, that is still alive and well. And I absolutely recommend doing that if you feel like you just need more support. So if you are a member, you get insider things like early access to these podcasts, which, by the way, when I did this um, feedback, Eighty-seven point three percent of people wanted me to continue doing the podcast. That's a lot of that's a lot of people wanting a podcast. So I probably will not be stopping this podcast. But I do need to find ways to support this work, right? So things that underwrite this work, like um, my meditations and things that you can get over at the Fertility Shop, which is drmariarothenberger slash shop, and the membership, which is actually like pennies compared to a one-on-one session. For example, there's a $5 tier, a $10 tier, and a $20 tier. And if you get in now, because it's just started, I do a monthly uh, meeting, a monthly live Q&A slash Oracle reading slash mini spirit baby sessions for one hour every month It's like office hours. And because it's small right now, it's really like one-on-one attention. (laughs) So get in now and you'll be able to attend those as well and have some one-on-one time with me. All right. Basically, I mean, there are a few other people, but basically one-on-one attention. Sometimes not everybody can make it, right? So you might just get one-on-one attention. All right. So you can do that by just um, signing up at actually... Let me think. I changed the URL. So it's DrMariaRothenberger.com slash member. So go check that out and you'll be taken right to the Patreon page and you'll see all of the benefits there. P.S. There are benefits that are not listed because I'm not allowed to per Patreon's um, uh, like rules and regulations. For example, um, entries into any giveaways that I do, which I generally do. I'm planning on doing them twice a year, but I usually end up doing them more. Uh, But you get extra entries into those giveaways for extra chances, chances in winning. And sometimes I'll do like a pop-up, you know, I just feel like, you know, meeting people and talking to them. And so I'll pop up live and I will let Patreon members know that. So you get all of that things that I'm not able to put onto the actual list of things that you get you will know about. All right. And if you just want to be on my uh, email list, which is completely free and you can, you know, unsubscribe at any time, you always get coupon codes and insider tips and things like that too. Patreon members just get extra, 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 extra. Okay. Those are the announcements for today. And let's get into the possibility of living without children. Sip a coffee. Hold on. Okay, I have my dog with me today too. So hopefully he stays quiet. This is Dexter. He's just laying in a corner breathing. <laughs> but this mic tends to pick up a few things, so hopefully he's he's settled enough to just hang with me today. If oh, by the way, if you um I, okay, so I've noticed on social media that people really enjoy dog and kid photos. Now, I generally I don't love to put my kids up on social media for a number of reasons, but number one is that I do not love to be triggering. Of course not, right? The thing is, I'm finding that people find a more hope in it than I originally thought. And I'm learning that, you know what? When you invite that energy, the kid energy into your life, it, it enhances so many things not just your fertility, but it enhances your ability to live your life well. And it's just a playful thing. I don't think adults play enough. So I'll probably be putting up more photos on social media of family life. However, if you are interested, I do have a travel Instagram account. I don't have any other social media with this account. Just started it. My family and I bought a travel trailer And we are going to be traveling all over in this, this year, we're traveling all over our quote, backyard, which is all around Oregon, USA. And uh, we are documenting it, you know, for ourselves, but also to share with friends and family. And I thought I would open up, open it up to other people too, so that you can see things that you might be interested in, in terms of um, some of my personal life, right? Because I don't post a whole lot of that on my pro channel. It is a private account. So you'll need to request um, a follow. And it's tmob.travels. Tmob stands for our our first initials. (laughs) And we actually got that from when we hung up our stockings on the fireplace last year. Like, oh, yeah, look at that. It reads Tmob. Interesting. Anyway, so and then we also, um, you know, made a cute little travel channel name, Based on T-Mob called Travel Memories or Bust. So that's that. You can follow me over there if you if you feel like it. All right. So let's get into this this topic around accepting the possibility of a life without children, and you too can have a travel channel <laughs> without children. Okay, I don't mean to make light of this um, because it's not a light topic especially in the beginning. All right. So I want to start with my personal story, which if you've read Transcending Infertility, my book that you can check out, transcendinginfertilitybook.com or on Amazon. Um, I wrote in there very clearly around a time that T and I decided to move forward into a life without children. And I was exceedingly delighted. I was totally delighted. Everything that I did, that I wrote about in Transiting Infertility, I absolutely did. Nothing is made up. I did everything in there, all the meditations, everything. And that led me to feeling joyful around stopping fertility treatments and moving toward a life without children. So you can absolutely have that. It does not need to be absolutely it doesn't need to take you down now does that mean it's not sad oh my god no no it doesn't mean that at all here's what i talk about when i talk about any kind of transition but certainly moving into the possibility of a life without children i talk about from there's a there's a great kind of therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy. And there's a concept in the acronym is ACT. There's a concept in ACT where the, uh, the idea is to acknowledge that shit's hard and that that comes with hard emotions, anger, despair, depression, anxiety, all of it. But when you are in the the mode of acceptance, you make a commitment, this is act, acceptance and commitment. You make a commitment that you are going to move forward in life and bring along with you all of the hard stuff until the hard stuff is ready to go. Until you're ready to release it and it's ready to go. Now, that's different than I'm just going to stifle it down and not not acknowledge it. It means that you make a commitment to move forward in your life and you accept that that's going to be freaking hard. You accept that you're going to be bawling randomly when you see a family at a park sometime. You accept that you're going to be um, sad about what your life could have been like in one particular moment had you had children. That is going to happen. The difference is there's no resistance to it. And that creates freedom. Okay. I wanted to read for you a blog post that I wrote forever ago. I'm pulling it up here. Where did you go? Okay, this was written in... uh, November of 2010. All right, so interestingly, 12 days before my son was born. Wow. Just now noticed that. All right, so this is what I wrote. Last night, oh, for context, I'm sorry, <laughs> Let me just back up, give you some context. At this point, Right around this time, this is in Transcending Infertility, there was a shift in our fertility life. T and I had struggled big time with our marriage. We, were, we had been knocking on divorce's door and for about a year, we stopped trying to conceive at all. Um, and we were healing in other ways too that, that you can read about in, um, in the book. At this time literally that month and that year, there was a shift. There was an opening up in me that I began to really appreciate life. I began to appreciate what we had. I began to appreciate him for all of his faults. I began to even slightly, slightly, slightly appreciate myself for all my faults and, or despite all my faults. And so this blog post comes at that shift. It's like so fascinating to me to actually read back at this and be like, oh my God, that's where we were. So this is about five and a half years after our, um, no, let's see. Yeah, five years after our journey began. So this is what I wrote. Last night, we went out to dinner with a group of 21 people for our neighbor's birthday. The title of this Post, this post, by the way, is called Sparkle. My neighbor's wife just had a failed IUI last month, so the topic of fertility has come up quite a bit in our conversations of late. During the course of the evening, I was chatting with a few other people, and one guy was reminiscing about his childhood in Puerto Rico and the different Christmas traditions they had. I asked him, so what did you do for your kids here in the U.S.? He's older, and I assumed he had grown children. Oh my god, I can't believe assumed. He smiled and said, Oh, R and I were never able to have kids, but I think we would have done some kind of combo of traditions. I was struck in a way that I didn't think I could be struck having gone through infertility treatments, etc. I felt like a lot of lay people must feel when I tell them rather frankly, that T and I have been struggling to have kids. I assumed, and I didn't know what to say. And yet, Here was this man, smiling brightly, reminiscing about his childhood, clearly loving his life with his wife, and able to be a parent of sorts in many, many other ways. I was moved. Deeply moved. Another couple, at that same dinner, tried for 10 years to have kids and weren't successful. They're phenomenally... They are phenomenally... (laughs) I can't say the word. They are phenomenally happy. She states, I wouldn't change my life at all. I love it. I wouldn't get to do half of what I do if we had kids. While certainly not their initial plan, these couples didn't have children. And yet, they have sparkle. They shine. And I want that. With or without parenthood, I want that. Of note, There were 21 of us there and eight struggled or are struggling with infertility. Wow. There was also a pregnant woman there complaining about her pregnancy. I was able to, in my mind, wish her well and hope that she's a good mom and that her kids are happy. I wonder if I sparkled at all. That's what I want for you. (laughs) I want you to want that sparkle, I want you to see a future where you can feel the sadness and the pain of not having kids, but then also recognizing how amazing this life is and recognizing how amazing it can be and the things that you can do and the meaning that you can create without kids That is how I see the acceptance of a possibility without kids. So when I say acceptance, I mean really taking along with you all of the crap that comes with transitions and possibility, looking at all the phenomenal ways. Oh my God, I actually said the word all right. (laughs) All the phenomenal ways that you can create a beautiful, beautiful life without kids. And I hope that you sparkle when you think about that. So I'd like to, beyond that, talk about a couple of things. One, I do have a different view of a life without kids because I felt it. I was there on the brink. We had made a decision to live without kids. And then my husband came in and said, actually, I think I want I really need to be a dad, actually. And so I was great. I was like, okay, I'm all zenned out or whatever. And I'm like, let's look into the next thing. And we moved toward adoption. But had he never said that, we'd be without kids right now. And I know, I know that I would be sparkling. I know that I would be happy. I know that I would feel fulfilled. I also know that there would be shitty moments. I also know that when my nieces and nephews have kids that I will be triggered I also know that when my nieces and nephews kids have kids I'll be triggered (laughs) you know I know that people moving forward that pregnant bellies all these things would still be hard for me and that's okay that's the acceptance piece the the idea here's the thing I see a lot of things in the media about childless, not by choice. And there are plenty of people out there who are childless by choice, meaning they never wanted kids, right? I see a lot of people as a sort of, they consider themselves almost like a tangent to the fertility community. Um, childless, not by choice. I had to tell you, I don't subscribe to that way of thinking. And I know that's controversial. This is why, because when you take your choice away, all bets are off. Now you're victim. Now it's easy to get caught up in sadness. Now it's easy to get caught up and go down the rabbit hole of anxiety and bitterness totally turns into bitterness. Now I would totally was there. And if you've been there, completely makes sense. I bless the bitterness. (laughs) I do. I just don't want to live there. I don't want to live in depression land or anxiety land. I want to sparkle. I want to be joyful or at least content, at least that. And so I don't subscribe to childless not by choice. Now, I understand that's not first choice. All of our first choices was to get, pregnant in the privacy of our room, unless you're in a um, same-sex partnership, which is different, right? But you still have a different first choice. You never have a first choice of struggling. Well, what I really want is to be able to not have things go my way so that I can really feel emotional devastation. Yay! No, that is not our first choice ever. So, You can acknowledge that you don't have your first choice, whatever your first choice was. Our first choice was to get pregnant in the privacy of our room on the first time. Our second choice was to continue trying, continue trying, continue trying, and then maybe continue trying again. Our third choice was natural fertility treatments. Our fourth choice was synthetic fertility treatments. Our fifth choice was living child-free. Our sixth choice was adoption. Do you see where I'm going with that? They're all choice. Nothing, no choice is taken from you. You get to choose what to do with the hand that you are dealt. Just like in a game of cards. You always have choice. And I don't want to take that choice away from you. Okay, so I'm driving that point home because I think it's incredibly important that you... Look at the choices that you have and then choose. There's a process in that, of course, too, which is all over my podcast, you know, how to make hard choices and things like that. So go back and listen to everything (laughs) if you need to. But I want to highlight deeply that you are never without choice. You are never without choice. You You are constantly met with hard decisions, but you always have choice. Okay. So I brought up a beautiful article because I don't want to reinvent the wheel by Resolve. If you don't know about the organization called Resolve, they're wonderful. They have all kinds of articles out there. They encourage people to, um, to uh, conduct walks of hope every year, which is walks for, um, they say walks for infertility. I don't love that. I'm walking for fertility, fertility awareness, I'm walking for how hard it is when it's hard to build a family, but I'm not walking for infertility because infertility can suck it. Okay. I'm just saying, but they do encourage awareness walks around fertility stuff. Um, Anyway, I do love their, um, their philosophy and their um, company and their motto. And I do love their articles. They're amazing. This one is called Child Free Myth and Facts. And I just want to go over some of these myths and review them from my point of view, okay? Because I think this really sets the stage and helps foster an understanding of what it's like to live a child-free life or what it can be in that realm of possibility rather than this, I didn't have a fucking choice and so I'm bitter and angry and F the world, right? Instead of that, which it starts there. That's completely fine. We just don't want to live there, okay? Um, I never started there. I was already experiencing bitterness and anger and did all my skills and things and then ended up the other side choosing child free with love and contentment and peace and joy. Uh, But it absolutely can start with a total bitter heart, and that is completely okay. Just don't want to live there, okay? So here's the first myth, which is actually what I just said Remaining child free means remaining just as heartbroken as we are right now. So, That is a complete myth, total myth. Lots of people are scared about that. The intensity always dissipates. Any emotion is always transient. It's always on its way in or on its way out. It's always moving. We know we're human. We have emotions. Sometimes you feel joy. Sometimes you get pissed. Sometimes you get sad. Sometimes you get anxious. They always move through you. And just like any transition, there is a grief process. And you've probably heard me talk about grief before, but briefly, there are um, identified by Elizabeth Cooper Ross, uh, these stages of grief. People believe that um, that you go through grief once and you're done, and you go through each stage and you're done. Not true. You can jump between all these different stages. You can run the cycle and reach total acceptance and then be re-triggered and go through the whole cycle again. It's not linear at all. You can jump from denial to bargaining to acceptance to anger to bargaining to denial to depression to acceptance to, you see where I'm going. So there's always a grief process. What you'll find is that the intensity of the hard moments, well, let me just say this. Actually, let me back up the hard moments become <clears throat> excuse me they spread out they become less frequent and then the intensity starts to go down actually at first the the hard moments become more spread out but they're a little bit more intense this is in general you might be different they're more spread out but they might be a little more intense and then over time they continue to spread out and they become less intense so now sometimes I'll be walking and I'll see, like just yesterday, I saw someone walking down the street with um, a big pregnant belly. It was like 85 degrees and I'm like, oh man, I hope she's okay. You know, it's really hot outside, blah, blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> this is Oregon. So 85 is really hot for us. Quiet, you you people closer to the equator. <laughs> um but I actually had a compassionate moment for her. In the past, I'd be like, oh my God, how could she be doing that? How could she be out of here? That's crazy. That must be like hard. She, that's ridiculous. Why is she even out here like this? Ew, that's just gross, right? Whatever words I might use, I don't know. But some kind of bitter, annoyed response would come out. And maybe there's a little twinge sometimes like, oh, I wonder how I would have handled that. Because I've never carried a pregnancy. to to term, right? So uh, a little twinge like, oh, in a rough moment, you know, like, mm, I wonder how I would have handled a hot day with a big pregnant belly like that. I don't know. Maybe I'd like that. Maybe I'd feel more fit. You know, I don't know where, where my, my mind would go in a rough moment, but I could feel the twinge. The twinges are far less intense on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like, I can't even be in my skin right now. They're like a one or two, you know, kind of annoying. And they're like a split second. When I first was dealing with this freaking years ago now, oh my God, I would be down for the count for like at least a day. Be really upset for a very, very long time. So you'll notice that the episodes become less frequent and they become less intense. Okay. Myth number two, a child-free life is an empty life holy cow, this couldn't be further from the truth. Now, I encourage you right now, even if you're not making a decision to to end treatments or to end trying to conceive and live child-free, even if you're not making that decision right now, please, please begin to invite things into your life that create meaning outside of parenthood, outside of being a partner, just being you. Create meaning that's just you, this is it. This is where it starts. If you create meaning through helping others, do it. If you create meaning by creating beautiful art, do it. If you're a singer, do it. If you are, um, I, I just met somebody here whose business ended because of COVID, she's creating meaning through landscaping, through landscape art. I'm like, oh my god, let's. Amazing. And now she's making a career out of it. That's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. Create meaning for your your life right now. Absolutely right now, because you will set up a great baseline for if that decision comes to you where you have to decide, are we going to continue with this or are we going to live child free? You'll already have this beautiful base of meaning in your life. This myth couldn't be farther from the truth. And I hope that's evident in what I wrote in that blog post. I didn't talk about their details in their life, but their their faces lit up when they talked about their life without children. I can't describe that more eloquently than just the word sparkle. They just lit up. They just lit up. Okay. Myth, if I remain child-free, I'll feel emotionally wounded every time I see a child. This goes back to myth number one. Absolutely not. You will not feel emotionally wounded every time you see a child. No. Maybe in the beginning, you'll notice that that dissipates over time, and you'll even feel joy. Sometimes you'll even feel, like, grateful because you're on a vacation, and you can have a cocktail, and you don't have to worry about taking care of a kid, (laughs) you know? Sometimes you'll feel grateful it's, it's amazing. Okay. Uh, A myth, let's see, this is myth number four. Aren't people who remain child free, selfish and immature? Aren't their marriages unhappy? Oh, my God. That's such bullshit. (laughs) No. In fact, I love, I love um, resolve's answer. So I'm going to read this. They said, uh, extensive psychological studies have found child-free couples to be just as happy as couples with children. And contrary to the stereotype of selfishness, a high percentage of child-free people are teachers, social workers, or people who spend their weekends doing volunteer work with children or for a social cause. It's, this is my favorite. It's far more common for selfish, immature people to have children for selfish, immature reasons love that answer. And I'm probably not even going to go any deeper into that because that's just a crazy myth. Okay. Myth number, what is this? This is number six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. If we remain child free, I'll be unhappy in my older years. So I've heard this a lot, actually. I've heard people talk about wanting kids so that they'll be taken care of when they're older. And to that I say, pardon me, I'm also sipping coffee. Um, To that I say, there is absolutely zero guarantee that if you have children, that they will take care of you. Zero guarantee. Also, you may be healthy and vital until the day you die and may not need to be taken care of. And if you create a full life of meaning, you won't need anybody to take care of you because you'll have taken care of you and you'll have a whole host of people around you that you derive meaning from that you will never be lonely. I love, I'm paraphrasing this quote, but I once heard this. You could never feel lonely if you like the person you're with. And that means even if you're alone, you know, a lot of introverts talked about COVID being like a blessing for them because they could just be at home entertaining themselves. I feel the same way, except everybody was home. So I'm like, get the fuck out. Um, but I can absolutely entertain myself. Absolutely enjoy hanging out with myself. I think I'm hilarious. (laughs) I think I'm entertaining. And that's all that you need. However, we are social beings. And so having connections with other people and creating meaning from that is also really important. Uh, Having connections with other beings. So that could be animals, you know, obviously I'm a huge fur baby person. Um, And I create meaning from animals too. So start now. That's start now. There's your takeaway. Start now, creating meaning outside of the fertility world, outside of parenthood, just create meaning from who you are in your life right now, right now. And you will never feel lonely. You will never feel desolate. You will never feel any of that when you are older. Okay. Uh, Myth number seven, we will feel like fools. I love this one, actually. We will feel like fools if we decide to remain child-free after all of that trying. I hear ya. I hear ya. And I talk about that. I talk about, sorry, I'm having to, I'm having to reposition my body here because I'm listening to my body. My body's like, I don't like that very much. And I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks for letting me know, body. Um, this is all part of fertility, right? Listen to your body. Um, We'll feel like fools if we decide to remain child-free after all that money, When I or after all that trying. When I talk about that, I talk about it from the money perspective because we had no insurance coverage. I don't know if New Jersey is still the same, but it had all kinds of insurance loopholes. It is a quote-unquote mandated state. There were so many freaking loopholes that we recovered for $4,000, which you know, if you have done fertility treatments, that that is freaking pennies. It's like almost stupid. So I talk about that. We spent like $45,000 and had nothing on the other side of it. That is actually a fraction of what I know other people have spent on their treatments. Because you get into surrogacy, you get into all these other things that are possible, and you are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. It is no freaking joke. Now, if you feel like a fool if you decide to remain child-free after all of that trying. First of all, the word decide is amazing there. I love it. After all of that trying, that is an internal process that you can absolutely change. Feeling like a fool usually comes when you look externally for feedback. When you look at what others might say, you know, what your reputation is, what what others might think. So begin to go inward and look at you, look at yourself and ask yourself these questions. Have I ever changed my mind? The answer is always yes, by the way. We've always had opportunities to change our mind. And sometimes we don't. And a lot of the time we do. You are absolutely allowed to pivot. You are allowed to change your mind. Now, does it suck? Freaking A. It totally sucks. It totally sucks to look at all of that time, all of the heartache, all the money, all the potentials for divorce in my particular case, all of the relationships hurt, the friendships lost, all of the physical pain is awful. It does suck. It does. Is that foolish though? Is it foolish to go confidently into something that you wish for your life? Never. It's never foolish. You are living from a place with information that you have right now, and you are always allowed to change your mind. Always, you have total permission to change your mind. I don't care if you've paid for an IVF treatment and you go in for retrieval and you're like, you know what, nope, not feeling right. You are allowed to pivot. You are allowed to say, "Ah, I changed my mind, man. It's not feeling right for me. I don't like this. Uh, We need to process a refund here. Completely okay. Will you feel like a fool only if you look at what other people might say, what other people might think, when you are confident about your own decisions, when you are confident about your own choices and just in, in your own internal guidance system, you are able to look at those other people like it's completely okay that you have an opinion, bless you for your opinions, bless you. And it is completely okay that you think what you think, because what you think is none of my business what I think about me is my business. So it's a myth. Because you will have this internal process knowing that that is the right decision for you. Okay, last myth. If we remain child free, we'll be sorry later. Now, this is very similar to some of the other myths that we talked about. Completely not true. In the in the sense that making a choice to end treatments or whatever uh, will always lead to being sorry. No matter what, when you are in this beautiful earth life, there are decisions to be made. In the quantum physics uh, realm, there are infinite possibilities for how this life can go. And you choose one. One. One from infinite possibilities are you ever sorry that you chose something freaking a yes you are you know you are this is not just a fertility thing on the flip side you could choose a different path to parenthood end up with a child on the other end and then have some regret you just don't know so that's a myth in the sense that it's very predictive and you don't know the future you don't. You are making a choice from how your life is right this moment. And you cannot confidently say you'll be sorry later. You might be completely joyful and content and so happy and grateful that you don't have kids. You don't know. (laughs) You don't know. Again, will there be moments that you're like, oh, I wish we would have, you know, done something different? Yeah, there might be. And you'll be able to move on because you will have created a foundation of a life worth living. You will have created meaning and joy and contentment in your life without kids. Um, I like what Resolve says here. I'll read what they say. Of course, there will be days when you wonder if you would have been happier if you'd made another choice. Everyone wonders. Remember that infertile couples who adopt or choose donor insemination, etc., will also wonder. The fact that whatever you choose was your second choice after you didn't get pregnant adds poignancy to the question. Yeah. And they say second choice. I counted how many choices it was for us, right? It's a lot. So it adds poignancy to the question. There's a, there's a meaning and a depth to it that other people don't have because they just take that for granted they get pregnant with ease. They have healthy pregnancies. They give birth. They have another pregnancy. They give birth. They take that for granted. There is no poignancy there, but we have that. Will you be sorry later? Maybe in moments, not ultimately, especially if you start now creating joy and meaning in your life. Okay. I hope that helps You move toward acceptance of the possibility of a life without kids. As always, I am here for your questions. Um, I actually wanted to say this too. As I adjust my body again. Um, I I, I accept emails. Still, they are getting, I am getting a lot of emails. And so it takes me a while to get back to you. Um, If it does might be a week or two, do not despair. Um, I will likely get to you. If you have extensive questions, I'll probably um, offer a different venue. Um, But if you have a very quick question, I'm happy to answer your questions. I cannot answer individual treatment questions and things like this uh, because I don't have a lot of time, but you are welcome to give it a shot and I will point you in the right direction. Okay. As always, wishing you joy, contentment, happiness right now, even alongside the shitty moments, even alongside the crying spells, even alongside the anxiety, two things can exist at the same time, two seemingly opposing things. They can exist at the same time. Start right now, creating meaning in your life. You'll see, uh, if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you'll see I have posts up there around creating meaning outside of kids too. Um, I just took photos of my new um, plants that popped up, my um, tomatoes and things like that. Uh, Spinach. Oh my gosh, I have a ton of spinach. Yum. And some beans. (laughs) I started there, really. It felt quite maternal to me and nurturing to me. I started there. It doesn't matter where you start. Just start creating meaning in your life right now if you don't have kids. And if you do have kids... Create meaning outside of parenthood. Please, you won't be sorry. It's a life well lived. It's quite balanced. Thinking of you as always, and I will see you next week. Until then, be well.